Hi, I'm Jeannie Patel-Thompson of ListenToYourGut.com. I specialize in natural healing for digestive diseases like Crohn's, colitis, etc. So welcome to part one of Wi-Fi, cell phones, and power lines. What is safe and what should I do to protect myself and my family? And we are so fortunate to have Dr. Magda Havas with us today. Magda is the Associate Professor of Environmental and Resource Studies at Trent University. She received her PhD from the University of Toronto, completed postdoc research at Cornell University, and taught at the University of Toronto before going to Trent University, also in Ontario, Canada, where she is currently uh, an Associate Professor. So Magda, thanks so much for being here today. My pleasure, Jeannie. And we're gonna what we're gonna talk, um, Magda. The reason I invited you was that there's so many misconceptions and misinformation when it comes to what is called microwave radiation radio frequencies. So we're talking about Wi-Fi, wireless computers, cell phones, Nintendos, Wii's, all of these um, wireless devices. And so I thought I would like to do an interview with someone who is a scientific expert themselves. So that when we set the record straight, people know that actually this is a PhD who has done her coursework and teaches in this capacity. And so the information is a lot more trustworthy than someone like me who's just a layperson who's done a lot of research and is quoting a lot of things secondhand. Mm -hmm. So can we get going? I thought maybe we could start with some of these um, misperceptions because this is stuff I've seen um, presidents of telecommunications companies saying live on television. I've seen it in, um, you know, articles written for the BBC, which is supposed to be a super reliable news source. I've seen it in the comments that follow an article, people quoting this back and forth to each other saying, well, you don't need to worry because, now here's the first one, a year sitting in a classroom near a wireless network is roughly equivalent to 20 minutes on a mobile phone, which is also a cellular phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you let's let's start with that one and here's the other one and this one is is straight from the BBC the Health Protection Agency in the UK points out that a person sitting in a Wi-Fi hotspot for a year would be exposed to only the same amount of radiation from a 20-minute cell phone call mm-hmm. I've heard the same one yes what do you have to say to that well first of all um, the there are different types of Wi-Fi uh, radiation. Uh, not all the radiation uh, coming from uh, routers is as high as it, it, it is in some environments. The wireless routers that we're putting into schools are some of the more, most powerful ones. They reach the greatest distances. So in most cases, they're more powerful than something you would have in your home, for example, where you might use it you know, over a period of you know, three or four rooms and it has to go through one or two walls. So the Wi-Fi, uh, the radiation from Wi-Fi varies depending on, on the type of system you have set up, whether it's an industrial-grade system as it is in some schools or whether it's uh, a system for a small home. So that's one thing that we have to differentiate between. The other thing is that when you have a wireless router for Wi-Fi in, your, in, your, in a building or in a room, the highest levels of radiation are going to be right where the antenna is, and the antenna is usually put slightly above head height, uh, just below you know, the ceiling on a wall. And so the people who are going to be closest to that will be the ones that are most exposed. And if you have a multi-story building, the person most exposed might be in a different room 
They might be in the room immediately above where the antenna is. The other hot spot in a, in a room is going to be very close to the antenna on your computer that you're using to communicate with the antenna in the room. And so you're within, you know, one one or two feet at the most from that antenna. And so every single time your antenna, your computer is receiving information, it's downloading information or transmitting information, that's when you're going to have optimal dispo- uh, exposure, maximal exposure. And if you have a classroom with 30-plus students downloading and uploading information to the Internet, that's when you're going to have very, very high levels. And those levels, uh, once again, depending on the type of the of, um, uh, strength uh, Wi-Fi you have, can be extremely high, much higher than what you would be exposed to by simply holding a cell phone to your head for 20 minutes. And you've got to remember that kids are in these classrooms for six hours a day, day in and day out. Whereas, um, you know, you're using a cell phone for a few minutes a day, ideally, you know, less than that, but uh, just a few minutes a day. So it's very hard to compare the two of them, but my my concern is primarily for the long-term low-level exposure rather than just a few minutes a day on a cell phone. Right. And so can you clarify for me, because I know uh, before I started doing my research, because my my children's school has wireless Internet, and I thought, okay, well, as long as my kids are not working on the computer, they should be okay. And then I did some more research, and I thought, well, no, they're not, because there's there are four routers throughout their school, right. and they are on all day long. So my children are receiving radiation at you know, varying levels throughout mm-hmm. the entire day, whether they're on a computer or not. Mm-hmm. That's um, true. Now, I've so, never been able to measure the wi- Wi-Fi radiation in the school because schools won't allow me inside. Right. We we actually set up a meeting in a, a school in Toronto where uh, one young girl became uh, quite ill. She passed out um, when she was actually standing very close to a, um, an antenna. She didn't realize it, and she simply collapsed in the hallway. And she's done that a number of times now. Um, The parents contacted me. Um, I asked if I could go into the school to find out what the levels of radiation were. And initially they said yes, and then as they spoke amongst themselves, they said, you know, we really don't want to know. We don't want you in the school to do the measurements. So I haven't been able to know. They don't want to know, no, no, because once they know. Well, of course they don't. (laughs) Exactly. They become liable once they know. And so as long as you you can act like an ostrich and keep your head, you know, in the sand, then you know you can pretend that it's not there, and that's that's very irresponsible as far as I'm concerned, especially when we're dealing with the health of young people. Okay, so let's move on to the next point. All right, this is another thing that you'll see I've seen again over and over in no, numerous sources. FM radio and TV signals are similar in strength to that from Wi-Fi in classrooms. All right, and then again from the BBC. The modulated frequencies that carry Radio 4 and ITV into our homes are just as powerful as the wireless networks and a lot more pervasive. Um, I got another even more technical quote. Mm Wi-Fi systems emit high-frequency electromagnetic radiation but at very low power, Mm -hmm. approximately 0.1 watt emitted from both the computer and the router antenna compared to a cell phone that emits 1 to 3 watts. Cell phones are 10 times stronger than Wi-Fi, Cell phones are a hundred times stronger radiation than Wi-Fi. So we have like various quotes. Some people saying it's ten times stronger. Some people saying it's one hundred times stronger. But they're basically comparing it to the FM 
AM, FM radio, and TV signals. Okay, let's 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 talk about AM, FM radio to begin with. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> We've had radio with us since the beginning of the 1900s with Marconi and um, Tesla. They're they're the two people who have been attributed to you know inventing the radio signal. A radio is not in a microwave range. What we're talking about when we're dealing with Wi-Fi, what we're talking about when we're dealing with cell phones or cordless phones, is we're talking about microwave radiation that's very similar in frequency to your microwave oven. Indeed, um, and and I don't want to get too technical, but the frequency we use for a microwave oven is 2.4 gigahertz, which is 2.4 billion cycles per second. So this is vibrating very, very quickly, obviously. The Wi-Fi is also at 2.4 billion cycles per second, and your cell phone is at 1.8 or 1.9 billion cycles per second. Whereas when we're talking about radio, we're talking about cycle, we're talking about a frequency that's in the low megahertz range, which is in the low million cycles per second. That's not microwave frequency, that's called radio wave frequency. That is not sufficiently strong to heat your body. The heating comes from microwave energy. That's why, you know, we use microwave ovens to heat our food. So that's the first distinction. So we're talking about a a different part of the electromagnetic spectrum that doesn't have the same amount of energy. The amount of energy in in, uh, electromagnetic um, uh, um, frequencies is frequency specific. So the higher the frequency, the more energy. And if we go higher and higher and higher, we reach something called ionizing radiation like X-rays and gamma radiation, which everyone agrees is very harmful, not because it has a lot of energy, um, in term, sorry, not because it has a lot of power, it's because it's very high frequency and it can ionize, it can penetrate your body and dis- disrupt DNA, it can break bonds between cells. So it's not the power that's critical, it's the frequency leading to the energy, okay? So that's one distinction that needs to be made uh, about this. The other distinction that needs to be made is how things are modulated. So uh, when we have um, an an AM station, AM stands for amplitude modulation. And what this means is that if you have a, a station, let's say 1050 on the dial, that 1050 is is the frequency that it's operating at. It's operating at 1.05 megahertz. So that's the the channel you tune to. When you hear the sound coming from it, that's called amplitude modulation. So the things are going up and down, up and down in a nice, smooth, continuous wave. When you have FM, you're talking about frequency modulation. And so you're at a slightly higher frequency. Now you're in the you know, low um, um, 70 uh, megahertz range, for example, and you have little spikes that are coming out telling you what the sounds are that that, um, becomes modulated. When you're talking about Wi-Fi, you have pulsed, digitally pulsed modulation. In all the research that I've been able to read recently, when you're looking at amplitude modulated, the the AM radio station, for example, and you're looking at pulsed modulation, the pulsed modulation is much, much more harmful in any of the studies that I've been able to read from Eastern Bloc European countries uh, where they've done a lot of of this research. So we have Wi-Fi that's pulsed modulated, which means that if you take a meter and you, you you have a sound coming from it that's telling you whether you're exposed to this going pop 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 so you've got the 2.4 
gigahertz that's carrying this, and then you've got these pulses, you know, roughly 100 times um, a second, and that's what's causing some of the damage. So you've got to take a look at things in total. You can't simply say this is a higher frequency or a lower frequency or this is more power or less power. You've got to really take a look at the thing and, and put it together. The most harmful radiation that we have in the microwave band is 2.4 gigahertz. It's the one we use to heat food. And initially when, when these frequencies were used for different things, it was the most effective at heating. That's why we use it in the microwave oven. It's also one that's not licensed, which means that you can have a microwave oven in your home and you don't need to have a license for it. Whereas if you're a radio station or uh, if you're a cell phone distributor, you have to get a license from the federal government to be able to operate at that frequency. So 2.4 is not licensed, and that's why so many different devices are coming in. At 2.4, they don't require a federal license to operate. Unfortunately, this is the one that heats your body the fastest. It's the one that's actually the most damaging in the studies that I've seen. So, you know, we're not doing really smart things with the way that we're using this technology, and and using 2.4 is probably about the worst things we can do. So are you saying that 2.4 gigahertz would be more damaging than, say, 6 or 5.6 gigahertz? That's correct. That's correct. That's what the evidence is showing. Um, There's one study I just read quite quite recently where they looked at four different frequencies and the two most harmful ones were 2.4 gigahertz and 900 megahertz which was what was used originally for the analog phones so when we first had analog phones that was a dangerous frequency and now the 2.4 which is just being it's used for baby monitors it's used for everything because you don't require a license for that range and sorry analog phones are what cordless phones uh, no, analog phones are the, okay, the difference between analog and digital is the way that the wave is propagated. One is a smooth, continuous wave, and the other is a pulsed wave. It's the pulse okay. that we're finding is actually more damaging. So we're we're mov- moving more and more to pulsed frequencies, and they're the ones that are most damaging biologically. So the 900, did you say 900 gigahertz? They Mega, megahertz. They were 900 megahertz, so it's 0.9 gigahertz. So were those like the original, you know, huge cell phones that came That's out? Right. That's right. Well, yeah, oh, okay. the original ones were even at slightly lower frequency than that. But, yes, the, they're the ones that, once they became quite popular, a lot of people had 800, 900 megahertz phones that they were analog phones. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to kick in with some practical, common sense objection right here. Okay, so if 900 megahertz and 2.4 gigahertz are the are the frequencies that they found to be the most damaging, mm-hmm. I would say, okay, so let's look at all those Wall Street brokers who jumped on those, we used to call them weapon phones when they mm-hmm. first came out. That's right, yes. Um, and they've had those pressed against their head hours and hours a day, and it still takes them 10 years to develop a brain tumor. Then how, then, so this is what I'm hearing, and i got to admit, in the back of my head, this is playing, okay, so if 10 years pressed right against the head, hours and hours a day, takes 10 years to develop a brain tumor, how worried do I need to be about Wi-Fi coming in from the neighbor's house or my kid's sitting in a school that has Wi-Fi, like if I'm if I'm making sure that every other aspect of their life is healthy, what really, what is the risk? Okay, well, let me just correct you on one of the things you've just said. First of all, the okay. studies that have been done looking at cell phones and brain tumors were not based on those early phones. 
Okay, they're based on the much more recent technology, so they're not based okay. on necessarily on the 900 megahertz, you know, four watt phones. Um, and the people that uh, found the studies that showed an increase in brain tumors and various types of tumors uh, on the same side of the head, it was based on uh, individuals who had half an hour exposure per week or more. So we're not talking about hours and hours and hours a day. Right, right. They're the ones that develop the brain tumors. Now, for a brain tumor to develop, the latency, the period between um, you you having cancerous cells in your brain and for those cancerous cells to grow large enough for us to be able to detect them or for, for doctors to be able to detect them takes about 20 to 30 years. So the fact that we're we're finding them developing for people who use a cell phone within 10 years is is very disturbing. And that's for adults, it's not for kids. One of the things mm-hmm. uh, that a study was done looking at uh, tumors, and it was done by Professor Leonard Hardell in Sweden, who's one of the leading experts in this area globally. And he compared people who were under the age of 20 when they first started using them versus those who were over the age of 20. For those over the age of 20, the um, increased risk of diff- developing various types of tumors is roughly um, twofold. Okay, so it's twice as many people develop them than should have developed them. For those who were under the age of 20, it was uh, fivefold higher. Wow. So these people are, and we know this, you know, children are much more sensitive to this radiation. Now we have eight-year-olds who have a cell phone. And, you know, I I dread what is going to be coming out in the statistics uh, looking at pediatric brain tumors. And we're already documenting them and the numbers are increasing despite what um, national statistics are saying i found a a report that said that there was actually um, misinformation that wasn't put into national statistics reporting these cases Um, it was deliberately left out or it was left out whether it was deliberate or accidental i don't know but it was left out of the national statistics so it doesn't look as though anything's increasing but you talk to pediatric surgeons and around the world, and they will tell you they're seeing younger and younger people coming in with brain tumors mm-hmm. and more of them. And this isn't, you know, just a handful of them around the world. It's it's quite a few who are saying the same thing. So we're not comparing those old clunker phones that were very powerful with adults using them for hours each day. That's not the comparison. We're comparing uh, people, adults, who are using the normal type of technology we have have had over the last 10 years, and they're exposed to them at least a half an hour. That's how, that's how some of these studies were done, at least a half mm-hmm. an hour a week. That's nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's our background now. That's for people who aren't exposed. Um, so, yeah, exactly. So it's not a fair comparison uh, in that regard. We know that children are very sensitive, and once again, what the research is showing that you can have, um, you can compare the effects of, uh, short-term high exposure to um, long-term low exposure, and you get the same results. So having children sitting in a classroom for six hours a day using their computer for a part of that time means that their body's, you know, constantly exposed, and, and it varies somewhat, you know, with intensity depending on how many kids in the class are using it, to microwave radiation. These same kids then go home, and they have wireless routers in the home. And so they're exposed to that radiation. Most people will not turn their wireless routers off at nighttime. 
so they're exposed in the middle of the night. Their little bodies don't get out of this radiation at all. They're constantly exposed. They have no ability to repair the damage that this radiation is doing, and so mm-hmm. they become ill. And the illness is not necessarily a cancer. It's a headache. It's feeling achy. It's not getting a good night's sleep. It's being exhausted. It's not being able to concentrate in school. And then some percentage of these kids are developing heart arrhythmia and heart palpitations because your heart is an electromagnetic organ. We know it affects the brain cells, um, your ability to think, brainwave activity in, in children. And the effects last well after the exposure stops. But for these kids, the exposure never stops. They're just right. constantly exposed. It's That's what you've raised is what I find a very interesting point because the common perception is, look, if this radiation was so damaging, more people would be affected. But look around, everybody's fine. And then you say, well, here's here's what you actually need to look for, mm-hmm. right? And you, you start going through the list, and nobody's connecting the dots between the the worsening health of their children and of themselves. Like they're saying, oh, you know, my hormones are unbalanced, and um, my, you know, I just, I need to take more and more supplements to, you know, not feel so, I'm really fatigued. Nobody's connecting the dots between, well, you know, why? Are you, why are we having all of these, you know, quote, small symptoms ongoing all the time? Why is nobody saying, no, I'm, I'm really healthy. I feel really good every day. That's right. And actually, if you look at the amount of medication that's sold, a lot of the medication is sold for depression, which is one of the symptoms, uh, yeah. for, um, insomnia, which is one of the symptoms, and for pain, which is one of the symptoms. And, You know, we've done studies in schools, and we think that probably a third of the population is affected by this form of energy, and they're just chronically ill, or they're just not really healthy. They're not very vibrant. And many of these people will tell you, well, I lead a stressful lifestyle. That's why I feel this way, or I'm getting old. That's why I feel this way. But they go away somewhere into a clean environment. And I'm not talking necessarily about going on a vacation and, you know, not having any work to do because that's not a fair comparison. But they go into a clean environment. They visit a friend. They stay for a weekend or something, and they sleep well. And, you know, they wake up, and they're not tired in the morning. And, and funny enough, their lower back doesn't hurt for some reason. And a lot of this can be attributed to their exposure to electromagnetic energy in their normal environment. Okay, and for more information about Dr. Magda Havas or to contact her, you can go to her website at www.magdahavas.com. That's spelled M as in mother, A-G as in go, D as in dog, A-H-A-V as in Victor, A-S.com. And for more information about getting Wi-Fi out of your children's schools, the particular effects that it has on children, and all of the forms that you can get your principal to sign, that you can pass around to other mothers in your school, a whole bunch of resources, go to radiationeducation.com. That's www.radiationeducation.com.